What is very, very confusing is when you can't hear that voice apart from your own. Your eating disorder and your own thoughts are just one voice. That's when it gets really dangerous. So the big thing in recovery is to try to hear that eating disorder voice and then your own voice so that you can start to identify what thoughts are harmful and what thoughts are going to carry you through and that are true. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. It is still gratitude season. And the reason I focus on gratitude every year is not just to be grateful because it's a nice thing to do or because we want others in our life to feel appreciated by us, which are all really wonderful things. But I'm talking about something a bit deeper than that. When we really drop into the essence and vibration of what gratitude is, it can become the key to unlocking our abundance. When we have a practice that uses tools to bring us into the realization of all that we've already created for our current selves, and when we start to give ourselves credit for what we've already brought in, we can start to tap into that frequency of creating the next level we want. When we start to feel the essence of the new thing we want in our existing world that we have already created, then we unlock a power in us to do it again, but perhaps on an even bigger scale because we want to grow, right? And if you're not sure where to begin your journey and how to start your process, then the program that I created for you called the Gratitude Bundle is really the easiest way to start to tap into the energy and practice of bringing in more and connecting with your inner knowing. That is going to be key. So just the way I built it is if you're just experiencing the course, if you're just going through the weeks that I prepared for you, then you are going to learn a set of tools that you can keep working with to create more shifts in your life. And of course, it is 70% off right now for the holiday season. So there's a link in the show notes to join. I will be there in the course group just waiting for you to answer any questions that might come up along your journey with the course. So just click the link in the show notes for 70% off the course and I will see you in the gratitude bundle.
As we near the end of this year, I like to have a moment of honoring and acknowledging what we shared and what we all experienced as individuals and as a collective. So today's compilation episode features energies of releasing and renewal and healing. You'll hear some guest stories of healing and some practical tools that have been shared on the show, like self-care and the knowledge our bodies harbor. I hope this episode inspires you to find space to also acknowledge your past year's journey and all it brought to you and allow for releasing in order to bring in renewed energy in the new year. Enjoy. love that you had a response and questions for yourself from this version of yourself that wrote this when you wrote it and knowing that you've come to accept different things now and through your journey I've learned from this statement to now. Yeah, I also made friends with a nun that has helped me heal a lot, which is very surprising because I was a very angry kid because of some of the abuse that I experienced within a Christian church. And I would never back then have thought I would ever be friends with a nun, but she's the most (laughs) wonderful person. (laughs) But, you know, she's also one of many different types of spiritual practitioner friends that I have. And I now, who I am now, I realize, oh, wow, I see the similarities between her and myself and my friends, all my different types of friends of all different religions, more than all the differences, you know. As I'm learning how to tattoo and getting better, I feel that I want to use tattoos to help people. Because I know that anytime people tell me about their stories of tattoos, they're telling me really intimate stories about Mm -hmm. their life. And sometimes they get tattoos for reasons like memorials, something really sad happened in their life, they lost someone they, they love, or they have something that they want to mark that's really important, like something empowering, like a lesson that they learned that's really important to them and who they are as an individual. So they want to mark it on their body. So I was learning this as a, a new tattoo artist. And I told him, I said, you know, I want to make what I do healing and make it like a ritual, but I don't really know what that would look like. He was very encouraging. He's like, you can do anything you want. He's like, you can do like a tarot reading for people when you do a tattoo session or he, you know, encouraged me to do Reiki or anything. He's like, you can make it anything you want. And he's mm-hmm. like, you, you make your practice your own. You know, so I thought that's cool. But I still needed to see, I think, other people in action who were making tattooing a ritual because I think I needed to know that whatever I was imagining wasn't crazy, you know, that it was out there and that people needed it and wanted it. Mm. So going back to Italy, I go to this tattoo convention in Florence and I go into this convention, which was in this beautiful old fort. It was beautiful. It was actually pretty quiet considering conventions can be really boisterous, but I don't even know how I did it, but I just like walked as if I knew where I was going. I walked straight to this one booth that was way in the corner and I saw this very quiet Viking man dressed like a Viking, <laughs> hand tattooing, so not using machine, tattooing by hand, hand tapping, tree of life tattoo into somebody. And he was singing very, very quietly while he did it. And I stood there and I was like, oh, these are my people. Oh, wow. And I watched him and I was like, he's who I was coming here to see. 
So I know heritage is a big part of your experience as a creative person, as a healer, just as a human in general, how you choose to incorporate that and your own upbringing. Can you tell us a little bit about that first, and then we can jump into you traveling to Ireland and Europe? Yes, yes. So I am Irish. My last name is Shannon. It's not a stage name. It's my grandfather's name. My family come from kind of a troubled family, and I'm such an empath that I think my parents' issues really had an impact on me because I really love them and I really always wanted to see them thrive and be happy. And it was hard for me to see as a child what they struggled with, you know, some mental health and memories of abuse that they had experienced. But I learned a lot through that, watching them struggle with what they struggled with. As I got older, I realized that we do have what would be called like intergenerational healing that happens. So I saw in my grandparents what they went through and what they created with their lives. And then I saw with my parents what they went through. And then I saw what I basically inherited from all of them. And I wanted to do the best with what I have been given and heal it as much as humanly possible so that I don't pass down anything negative. So let's talk about your album. Tell me the title of the album. You talked a little bit about the meaning of it already, but if you could just refresh our memory a little and then talk about the release and what this album was and the inspiration for it. Yeah, yeah. So this new album is called The Cave. I wrote it over the last few years. So it took me actually maybe about two years. I had set a goal that I wanted to record it with the producer Christopher Yule, who is in the band Heilung. He does like Viking folk music and he's amazing. And I just had this feeling that he was going to be the best to make this album with. And I wanted to do something different, something I had never done before. And so I chose to wait actually for when he was available. So there was ah. a little bit of some time that it took, you know, just we had to work with his schedule and his touring schedule with his band, but absolutely worth the wait because it was the best recording process I've ever experienced. It was hard as all albums are hard in different ways. Every time I do it, I'm always like, oh, what's going to be hard about it this time? <laughs> you know, whatever challenge, <laughs> you know, but this one, it was wonderful. I think the hard part of it was I had to keep reminding myself that I had earned my right to be working with people I really loved and admired, that I belonged there. Wow. So like a little bit of imposter syndrome creeping in. Yeah, a little bit. How did you work through that? I thought of one of my actor friends, Brian Vestal. If he listens to this, he'll get a kick out of it. He always just said, you know, the loving fake it till you make it. I thought of him because he always made me laugh. But I also, the songs, you know, the songs, if I just let them do their magic, I matter less. So mm. it's like when I sing, I have to think about releasing any tension so that I am just a channel. So my body becomes an instrument. I matter less. So my fears, mm. my brain, my thoughts, they matter less. I let things flow. So I had to really keep just staying in that flow. In other methodologies with the mind, for example, like mindset is that we have everything we need. And it sounds like this is a similar methodology for the body as well as that you we have a lot of tools already that we can use to heal ourselves. 
Absolutely. And one of the most important things I remind people is we have these tools from when we were a little kid, but we often lose them because we start to follow advice of well-intentioned adults around us that help us if we follow it, we lose those skills. And it's actually quite critical. So a lot of what I do goes counterintuitive to what most people feel and have heard before, which can be a little bit jarring for people. And there's a little bit of resistance, but those who shift and follow it, they get to the other side and they feel their body transform and they, you never want to go back. You realize how good you feel and how bad you used to feel. And obviously once you shift, why go back? It's interesting to hear about the body from a place that there's a choice there. There's a choice we can make of letting some of that go to gain the ability to have less pain and less stress and more comfort. Absolutely. And I think the choice gets easier when you feel the difference. I can talk till I'm blue in the face and say, this is going to help you. But it's not until I show you and have you go through that in a safe space where no one's around, no one's seeing your belly. And then when you feel that difference, that's what convinces people. Mm -hmm. Because life is hard. We have so much going on. We have so many stressors. And we're always looking for ways to get relief, to get a sense of calm, to get a sense of no pain. And when you have someone go through that process and they do it to themselves, that's powerful that causes minds to shift because then you realize I can choose to put my body in pain, to put my body in stress, to put my body in anxiety, or I can choose not to. And I say, this is a tool where you can make that choice. So let's say you're going to perform, you know, for an event, you can put yourself in fight or flight mode and have exuberant energy, feel confident, feel empowered, feel all those things that you associate with that type of body position But then I say, as soon as you're off stage, go curl in a ball, sit on the floor, sit in a chair, put your feet up, curl in a ball as much as possible, slouch, calm down, bring yourself out of it so that you know how to come into it and you know how to go out of it. That's where you have true control. And then you can decide when to use it, when not to. There's got to be a lot of mental breakthroughs through this process, I would think, because a lot of letting go, I imagine, needs to happen. There is, because if you think about it, if I tell you, I no longer want you to suck your gut up in, never pull your shoulders back and stick out your chest, the number one thing response I hear from people is, I've been taught that by my mom and dad. I've been taught that since I was a kid by teachers, by coaches, by performing arts instructors. So I'm trying to rewire something that's been taught to you and told to you since you were three, four, five years old. And that is a huge mindset shift change. And when I tell you to say, hey, sit back in your chair, let your low back relax, let your tailbone curl under, let your belly come out. That is hard for anyone who's a high achieving person, type A person, or someone you know whose appearance is needed for their career. That is really hard to do and to get someone to be okay with that because their response is, I feel like a slouch. I feel like a slob. I feel like I'm not going to achieve something just based on position. You mentioned trauma and I'm wondering if you've worked with people who experience trauma and if this helps them, maybe not in a different way, but just what the experience was like for you and for them with this process. I do work with actually quite a few women with trauma. I'd say probably half my caseload is. And it didn't start out that way, but the reason I've shifted into that or people have reached out to me to help those with that is because 
a lot of times with trauma, and we've all had different levels of it, you have emotional and mental changes in you in the way that you handle the trauma and the way you perceive the world. What also happens is every time you think about that trauma or when you're experiencing it, when you had those emotions, they imprinted in your body. So your muscles change based on the emotion that you experienced. And it gets stored in different areas, like your breastbone. At the base of your breastbone, where your ribs come together in front, it's a huge area where people store trauma and they get locked there. The Mm. armpits is an area and the front of the hips are areas where I see people get locked when they've undergone some type of trauma. And so I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counselor in that sense. And so those people who I do see, they also have a counselor or psychologist as well to help them learn the mental and emotional strategies. But what we do that's separate from that is learn how to release the body from the emotions that were imprinted in them. And so often that helps them go further along with their psychologist because now they feel a freedom in their body. Their body feels free-flowing. They don't have this idea that if they let their gut go that they're completely vulnerable and they're going to be harmed again. It's They gain control of their body during the releases. And sometimes the releases that we experience as we're going through this process, it could be crying, it could be arms moving, it could be shouting, it could be changing into a different personality. There's a lot of things that go through with us. But it's really powerful when you see someone finally get the body to let go, even though their mind or their intellect was able to get let go, you know, a long time ago. This idea of the nervous system, it's very connected to the nervous system. It sounds Mm -hmm. like the system you've created, is that the ultimate goal is to calm down the nervous system? Yes. So it's basically the lens I look through my eyes now is what is a person's nervous system doing? That fight or flight nervous system. When I meet people and it's hard to turn off, But I'm always looking, what state are they in? Are they calm? Are they not calm? Are they over the edge where they've already passed that threshold of a fight or flight into, you know, even beyond? And so that's how I approach people. And that's why if you look at the common denominator in people who can't sleep, who have anxiety, stress, panic, pain, even people who are bone on bone going on for orthopedic surgery or like a disc herniation, the common denominator in all that is the fight or flight nervous system is ramped up. And so why not start there and teach people the skills that they learn how to calm themselves down? So it's not me doing it to them. It's them doing it to themselves through changing their internal wiring so that they have more control over their body again. I was taking a course and I'm in their Facebook group with all the other ladies taking the course. And somebody brought up a question about comparison and there's something she wants to try. And she sees that there's another girl doing exactly what she wants to do already. And it made her feel terrible. She was comparing herself. She was feeling really, really envious. And it was very much tied into her self-worth and that she couldn't get over the idea of, of doing it also because someone's already doing it. But because we're all human, we're all capable of doing all the things, which means there's going to most likely be somebody else doing a version of something that you are also inspired to do. So the response I gave her was, you know, that's normal, first of all, to feel that way. I think those feelings come up and then we go, It's because we're scared and because we're not always completely solid in our worth and what we have to offer, especially if it's something new. I find when I have something new on my heart that I want to try, 
I'm not confident in that thing yet because it's brand new to me. So when I see other people doing it already, and maybe I didn't know that that was a thing that people were doing already, then it's a little intimidating and it feels like, oh, maybe this is not a good idea. I'm not worth trying it and all that stuff starts to come up. That's really normal because you just had the idea. It's all new to you. You're excited and then you go out looking and you're like, oh crap, a whole bunch of people are doing this already. But that is completely okay. The next step is to go, all those feelings, that's fine. The next thing would be to go, okay, well, first of all, there are no identical humans on the planet. Even identical twins have very much their own lives and their own ways of doing things and thinking and being on this planet. So whatever you take to the table for the idea you want to try is going to be totally different than somebody else. You may be in alignment with them and have some similarities of even maybe personality wise or how you approach things, but it's still going to be you and you are not like anybody else. You have a uniqueness that only you can bring to such and such thing. So my advice to her was that, Hey, it's kind of exciting to see that other people are doing something that you want to do because they're already paving the road for you and priming an audience to be interested in the topic. So when you get in there, it's not going to be so hard. You won't have to pave the way. You get to just join the path and then do it your way. So it's kind of a fun way of looking at things. If comparison comes up for you or if envy is hard for you. Just to nail in the way that nurturing ourselves actually helps the world around us, actually helps our process. It's not selfish. It's not self-indulgent. You don't need to harbor the guilt that sometimes comes with that. Meaning guilt may come up, but that's okay. You can let it come up and then you just allow it to move through you and let it go if you can. And one way to consider that is to just allow it to be if guilt comes up for you around certain types of nurture, whether it be something connected to money. I was really beating myself up actually around the money aspect for trying to get this facial today. And then I was like, wait a minute, this isn't even a belief system I subscribe to anymore. I believe that I can afford this. I know that the money will come back to me. It's not going to make or break me whether I do this or not. And I will feel so much better for it. And it's a long-term thing when you take care of your skin, it's totally worth it. And I had a lot of guilt around it for some reason that I was attaching to money. And so it's about realizing that, asking the questions, why am I feeling this? And that's one way to go about it is to ask the question and just see where you get with that. See how far you can get with that. Another way is to go, okay, what would it feel like to not feel guilt around this just a little bit more than I usually do? Or 5% more, less guilty around this topic, subject, whatever you're examining. What would it feel like to let that go for a few moments and just really feel the absence of it, really feel it, allow yourself to go as far as you can with that feeling for just a few moments and then give yourself complete permission to feel how you normally feel. And it's like an exercise. You're kind of exercising. When I ask those types of questions, we're just exercising another way of thinking because that's how habits are formed. And it's a really small way to not make it painful to not make it hard to get rid of the expectation that comes with trying something new. So this is why I love this method. It's just so gentle and so wonderful and it can be really eye-opening and it just is a festering, growing ground for growth, really, for an opportunity to change. So, And that's something to take into consideration. If you guys have a process, you know, processes are long and 
that means that you're committed to them no matter what, but that also means there's going to be times when you need to be a little more flexible and let go of the perfection around the schedule or the perfection around any other component of the process. So am I a stickler as a producer on getting things out on time for my clients? Absolutely. But do I also grant them permissions to live their lives and oh well, shit happens, right? Sometimes they can't get me an episode on time. Is it a little frustrating? Of course it is, but I also understand, you know, and we just move past it and we keep going. So whatever keeps you in the game, because that's the bigger picture. And it's okay sometimes to show up late. It's okay sometimes to apologize and miss a week. Do I want that to be my standard? Of course not. That's not my standard. But we know what those are, so we're aiming for the standard, and then we are striving for excellence, and we're letting go of the perfectionism. So sometimes my episode will show up at 1 p.m. instead of 5 a.m. in the morning. So sorry for anybody who's not in L.A. and you're getting this in the evening if you're in somewhere else in the world or on the East Coast. So taking quality care of yourself can awaken your higher self. That's pretty strong to consider if you really consider how that can work. Nurturing yourself can awaken your higher self. It's so true that this is exactly how I came to have all the realizations I have now and to really understand that my presence and taking care of who I am while I'm here on this planet in this life really connects me to something higher. And that can be whatever you believe, your higher self, your source, God, whatever it is your connection to that, you are a part of that equation and you need to take care of yourself so that you can do the things that you came here to do. And as creators, that's really important. We understand our what we're capable of a little bit more sometimes because we have this tool of creativity that we are already connected to. So it's expanding that connection you have with yourself and your creative aspect of what you can do and connecting it to your whole being. And then that connects it to its higher self. And it just goes from there. Nurturing all of that as a whole is really important and can be not only life-changing, but it really takes care of everyone around you too. That can go on and on and on into the world and how we affect the world. And it's just a beautiful butterfly effect that I'm seeing happen in my life right now. And it took some time to get to this point. And I'm just so excited to keep growing in this way and, and learn more and more. But it started with sort of acknowledging self and nurturing that. I want to ask you if this situation that we're in at the moment with global pandemic and isolation and being quarantined. And we've talked about isolation in relation to your experience specifically with this during your, the height of your eating disorder. I'll just start with, you know, what's it like for you now? And are you being affected by the state of affairs? So thank you for asking that. What's very funny is whenever I have a life event now that I recognize as like, this is a major change. And I'm going to be going through things emotionally. I know that just for me, my flag goes up as, you know, just be aware of your thoughts at this time, be just aware of your habits and just notice kind of. The hilarious thing to me is, you know, I think, you know, there are times when I'm like, I am good. I'm great. This recovery journey, I am along it. I'm here for it. I am so strong. And like all of those things are true. Like they are very true. I also laugh when, <laughs> when I recognize certain behaviors that are like, that's definitely my eating disorder right there. And I didn't even see that. So 
This particular situation has been very difficult. I noticed myself slipping back into habits that I was just like, wow, I have not even had these thoughts for so many years. And it can take a second again. You get like, I feel like I get, you know, punched back. The great thing is I have had to deal with getting back up so many times that I am used to the getting back up, but the process doesn't really, you know, at least from my experience, it's never an easy thing to get back to, you know, I appreciate my body. I, you know, I love my body. I'm grateful for everything and really taking that in to be a core belief. I found myself engaging in behaviors that are, that are eating disorder behaviors, but different from what I'm used to. And I've had urges that are different from what I'm used to. I again feel so very fortunate in that I have this education now to say, okay, I can pause and recognize it and then ask the next very important question of what's really going on with me. What like, okay, I want to do this, but underneath there, what am I feeling? And underneath that, like, what do I need? And what are some core beliefs that are coming up in me? And it's kind of the same ones that keep, you know, bubbling up imposter syndrome, like, who do I think I am like to heal anybody? Who do I think I am to be an artist? Like, who am I as a person? Also, like getting older, there's another wave of that now that I, you know, I'm dealing with just as getting older as a woman of, you know, now I'm aging. Now sure. everything's sag. I don't, what the fuck is that? The body like, starts and, to change again. Right. And so it's still dealing with the acceptance and the love and seeing beauty in it. That's also just been very hard. And this isolation has been extremely difficult because it feels like the outside world, what we're reaching to is we've gotten very far in beauty standards. It's really, really beautiful to see living now that more women are embracing just their beauty that people are just out there just really owning it and giving examples to others to you know that we are inundated with that but we are also miles and miles away from i feel like where we need to be to start showing younger women as well just cultural beauty standards so I actually caught a little snippet of the music video this morning that you posted on your Instagram and it's kind of dark and it's also deep. And you just talked about that being part of your mission. So I do want to dive into that and have you expand a little on why darkness and healing is at the center of your process and your mission. Thank you. I'm just very honored to have survived this long to do this piece. It was always something that I have been trying to create. So I'm just today, especially, I just feel very grateful to be at this place where I can speak about it. Darkness and healing have kind of gone hand in hand with me. I felt really alone because my healing was not very sunshine and pastel colors and rainbows and butterflies. I never felt in that world of healing. I felt like the times that I was able to heal was by really diving into darkness and diving into this place that was, for lack of a better word, just heavy and raw. And I think for me, allowing myself to kind of go there and take a look around, I think for a long time I was fighting that because it is such a it's a place you don't want to be in for very long. But I think as I have grown older and had more experiences in life, I think I've kind of just 
acquiesce to the fact that that is so much a huge part of who I am and a huge part of what moves me. The way I kind of dealt with my own emotions when I couldn't recognize them, especially when I was younger, was by diving into these artists who were considered very dark and very raw. Fiona Apple, Alanis Morissette, Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, just these artists that were not afraid to really feel. And I remember hearing you know, Alanis Morissette was the first CD I ever bought. And I just remember her opening up a whole world to me. And she allowed me to enter her world and feel all of these things that I didn't know that I was feeling. But by somebody else expressing that, I opened these parts up of myself. And what I found is that at least for my own healing, Diving into these parts and being kind of unafraid to look in has opened up things for me that I would have never, ever, ever gotten to the point I am today without going there. So for me, darkness, vulnerability, just raw emotion is very messy to me. It's very angry. It's very emotional. It's unpredictable. And by diving into those things, I have healed. I was always really hungry for artists that were not going to kind of paint this picture of something that I wasn't feeling because I couldn't relate to like the very happy sunshiny, everything's going to be all right. All of that didn't really heal me as much as this other part. So I think I've been kind of fighting that for a long time, but now I think I've fully embraced, you know, you can go into the darkness. You do not have to relinquish yourself to it. It can actually teach you things Mm -hmm. and you don't need to be afraid of it. I think we break things up into good and bad a lot of the times. And I, you know, especially just in my healing process now, I think that those labels are more dangerous than they are helpful. There's always a lot of gray area to this, gray area to life, gray area to things. So I think that by us embracing these two parts of ourselves, we can actually get a better sense of who we are and what we're trying to fight against. Thank you for listening to Beeble Begin. We hope that these episodes inspire and empower you to take your next steps in your own intuitive journey towards a life or business that feels clear, authentic, and aligned. And if you're ready for more tools and guidance like courses and free events, then I'd love to invite you to my new Intuitive Creators Academy and Collective. It's free to join. Just follow the link in the show notes and remember to DM me once you get there to receive a special gift for being a listener of Beeble Begin. I'll look forward to seeing you there.